0: Hello, listener. What you're about to hear is a Waruide Show patron unlock. This is material which our Patreon supporters have early access to. If you'd like to experience these episodes when they're at their freshest, become a Waruide Show patron today at patreon.com slash w-a-r-u-i-d-e-s-h-o-u.
1: でしょう Ladies, gentlemen, NBs, we have been Wari Desho performing Given the Anime. You've been wonderful. We'll see you soon. Good night. <laughs> Woo. Woo. He says as he looks out onto a crowd that only has one person holding up a single Zippo lighter in the background.
0: Encore, man. I got my cell phone up.
1: We want Chili Willy. Support Barney Gumbo. <laughs> Uh, anyway, no, uh, we're not actually performing live. I am, you know, only in my bedroom at the moment, yelling down a microphone as opposed to, you know, being in front of many people, which is probably for the best, you know. There's been, like, you know, UN resolutions against me doing karaoke in the past. No, It was literally a war crime. But anyway, <clears throat> welcome, ladies, gentlemen, MBs, to Second Stream. We are Warri Show, and we are covering Given. Uh, this season's surprise, well, not even surprise really, I suppose, but more... Like, blossoming triumph, like, blossoming success, like, in general. Like, people seem to have really taken a shine to this. And if you, of course, have been listening along with these podcasts before that we've been doing on this show, you'll know that we, in turn, have been very, very fond of it. Minus a couple of stumbles here and there, but they're only minor, really, in the grand scheme of things. I'm Shaden, and joining me, as always, from across the pond, but always close to my heart, is a very good friend of mine. It is the Soul Doctor. Turn it up to 11. Crank that shit up! Woo! Give level. Um <laughs> right now. Oh, turn it god. up. No, no! Oh god, that was painful. It that goes. was like that was like swallowing a cod liver oil pill. Trying to just you know take in that. Ugh, y- y- yeah. Ugh. Well, anyway. <clears throat> so yes, this is second stream, and we're covering episode eleven uh, today, which is song two. And I've already done my you know allowed quotient of woohoo's. <laughs> Doc hasn't though, which is why he decided to throw one in there. So I promise you, I'll not inflict that put- torturous noise on you again. I'm feeling
0: metal. Is that how it goes <laughs> when I feel heavy metal? I'm I all can't pins recall it on needles.
1: All I, uh, I literally thought the entire song was just "woohoo" repeated, like <laughs> line after line for a solid two minutes straight. Uh, but no, that's not the case. So yeah, uh, this is indeed the final episode of Given, but but in a nice, you know, uh, in a nice twist. Not the final bit of given animated content will be received, yes! Well. Um, yeah, oh, yes, fuck, yes, be- because after Doc's finished making his up noises there, I will <laughs> point out <laughs> I will point out that indeed we have a movie coming in twenty twenty, and I feel fairly confident saying this on Doc's behalf that you can bet your backsides size will be covering that when it comes out, yeah. I mean, yeah. Definitely. The patrons voted for it, and technically, it was announced before the show concluded. So I think that we're under contract to, you know, actually cover it, which I'm perfectly okay with because I want more content. And indeed, as we'll discuss in a bit about this episode, the door has been left open with plot lines set up but not yet resolved. So hopefully, the movie will indeed cover them.
0: We'll be uh, right. we'll be on that like a maga hat on Barry Weiss. Bet, <laughs> bet, bet every last cent that you owe. I mean. Except nowhere near as shit
1: as I hope. (laughs) God,
0: I'm so happy. Like, I can't believe this is like that the movie is real. I part of me really wants to believe that there were no plans to do this, like, until the anime started airing and people started responding to it so much Mm. and they were like, oh my god, like we just we have to keep this going. That it's sort of a that it wasn't financial well a financial thing but also a, like a fan driven thing that the that we yeah. all as given fans made this shit happen, right?
1: Indeed. So- I mean um you and I have spoken, it's not maybe not quite the same thing, but we've spoken in the past about like Shoji Karamura's relationship with Macross and how the fans keep that going. Mm-hmm. And it feels like we've had a repetition here. So I mean it's certainly a far cry from other, you know, continuing content for shows that I've personally watched this year that got announced. Fuck you, Crunchyroll, you pricks, for making more Shield Hero. God, oh, I'm not not even going to unabashedly say that, like, Jesus Christ. At least if you're going to put a turd out, try and make it a polished one, for God's sake. Anyway, there is a podcast on that. It's public now. You can go listen to it. All right, so going back to Given, let's actually get started about talking about... uh, episode 11 song 2 so just as a refresher here for people who aren't familiar uh this format second stream does not include a plot summary of the entire episode so we're not going to go through and start making quips and such we're going to go straight into the meat of it discussing the actual content the ideas the themes all the juicy stuff that we you know usually leaves the end of our longer streams there is one other bit of housekeeping i need to mention at this point which is that although this is the final episode of Given, we're not actually going to be discussing the series as a whole and our reflections on it in <clears> this particular podcast, this particular episode we're doing. Why, might you ask? Because this is not the final time we're going to be talking about it. We will be <laughs> <back> next week. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that's that was like a gag reflex, you know, it's like sneezing. I just sometimes, you know, laugh maniacally instead of sneezing. I apologize. Um, <laughs> but yeah we will indeed be back next week at the usual time to discuss with a special guest our thoughts on the show as a whole like a long reflection about what it is what it's done and what it means we also i should note have a ton of patron questions this time around because it's the conclusion and we will be covering them all as well so without can we further, uh, i,
0: th- I oh, think we can announce by the way who i i have i've run it by our special guest and we can start promoting it please here and please, now.
1: please do tell please do tell doc yeah i was uh, i was hesitant just because i didn't know their full role or title or anything so i was like it's person from place <laughs> joining so, us so
0: this is uh someone whose work that i have like recently-ish discovered um gosh it was whenever he wrote the piece for anime feminist about um go for it nakamura uh anthony um i'm gonna probably i'm gonna ask him how to pronounce his last name for when he's on the show but um gramuglia i believe um that's my honest attempt (laughs) but but anthony gramuglia will be on with us like i said he's got Bylines at, uh, you all probably know him from CBR, where he's a very prolific writer about both comic books uh, and anime. Also, Screen Rant, Antifem, The Mary Sue, uh, writes a lot of really great stuff, and mm. also pokes uh, alt right uh, chuds on Twitter, which is super fun.
1: I, I can get behind that. You know, you gotta roast some turkeys every now and again. Although I must say that if you did end up getting his name wrong, we probably don't have a guest anymore. So, uh, fingers crossed. Oh no. Surely <laughs> I, I'm no. Sure, Like <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he's cool with that. Uh, but well, yes, as Doc said, we'll be having Nancy on next week to discuss the series as a whole, give our reflections on it. And that's definitely going to be something to look forward to because as I've said before, like, I think that me and Doc, like, and I'm speaking on his behalf here, so I'm sure at some point he'll reach through the screen and bitch slap me if I'm speaking out of turn which you probably should have done many points for our podcasting career together, but that's neither here nor there. Um, like we are only two perspectives really. And it's always helpful to have a more varied perspective from other people. And this is why we've had guests on the cast before, because they're people who have their own unique insights and skills and talents and perspectives that they bring to the table. And Anthony is certainly one of them. So I'm really looking forward to having him on there. So definitely look out for that. Anyway, episode 11, song two, paragraph five, section nine, etc cetera, etc cetera. oh can do you I, want to go
0: first oh well can i say one i'm so, so sorry one more thing and i think this is important otherwise i would just save it but um the our holistic given discussion with anthony will be free to all right out of the gate it, it won't be behind a paywall for for two weeks or anything like that so um yeah uh you tell all your friends <laughs> so, tell all your friends about me um <laughs> sorry that was bad anyway yes away from batman towards the given let's go all right
1: so do you want to lead in first doc or shall i hmm
0: well uh i think probably you had better just because there's there's not an awful lot and I, f- I feel like i've said this for a week or two now but um that there's not an awful lot that i have to say up front i i have a feeling that as you talk i will begin to respond to things but hmm. um i i will i'll save my i guess my one big talking point for a little bit later so i'll let you start us off
1: for sure Alright then. Um so this episode is indeed mostly comedy as it continues on from the tone of the previous one. And I have to say up front, all the comedy in this was fantastic. Uh Ueniyama's like uh, own inner fantasy of like his inner selves meeting to have a big like boardroom debate and leaving Parsi for his virginity. Uh that was incredible. That was magnificent. Uh the 2001 A Space Odyssey overture played in my head when the giant uh Kanji, or whatever it was, of the word love appeared on the yes. uh, over the planet. It, and, of course, you had the David Asenberg, and here we see <laughs> the boy-love protagonist truly struggling with his feelings for the first time, and wondering how quickly he could pretend to have left the oven on.
0: <laughs> that was good. I enjoyed that. That was a great well, ad for a...
1: I, oh. It's probably one of the best impressions I can do, actually. Um, <laughs> and the dinosaurs. Oh, the dinosaurs. <laughs> like... <laughs> And the funny thing is, though, right, I bring these up because I'm not going to say that I've experienced the same kind of vivid fantasies myself. I'm thinking, like, you know, oh, God, this is all going to go horribly wrong. Like, I've not, you know, imagined myself, like, you know, being caught with the dinosaurs or, you know, anything like that. But I do think it's natural for people who have a lot of imagination, particularly creatives such as Wayneyama, Yama, that when anxiety flares up, And this can be like, you know, regular, it doesn't even need to be clinical or, you know, even uh, malignant, that flights of fantasy can take over and they can start imagining like crazy things like that. So while it serves its comedic purpose, it's also, again, keeping with that authenticity I've spoken about before we've given in that it feels very natural for someone like Yama, who creates music to in turn imagine all of these things in his head. Just as his kind of, like, coping mechanism with these very intense feelings and events that are happening in his life that he doesn't otherwise have a framework to really process. Like, you know, self-depreciating humour, because that's really what that scene with all of his inner cells was, in a sense, um, is a coping mechanism that people... I've used before. How many times have I, you know, said, for example, that I look like a skittle with a beard drawn on it? Um oh. So it's not unnatural for that to happen. So while it serves a comedic purpose, it again keeps with that feeling that this is something that genuine, like this is genuine behavior people can exhibit. And it's not even in a harmful way itself. It's just, oh my God, it's mutual in giant rainbow (laughs) letters, which was just in fucking credible. The the show is so unabashedly unashamed of itself and I just adore it for that. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's so sweet and charming that Mm -hmm. i can't imagine people being upset by anything like if you if you watched the rest of the show and you get Mm -hmm. to this point this is like a reward for crossing the finish line this episode Mm -hmm. Um, not that it's (laughs) not that it's it's like uh, (laughs) yeah i mean not that it's all like fan service solely like you were saying there's kind of a dual purpose behind a lot of it but um yeah, I would love to meet the person who was like, Yeah, episodes one through ten, I'm totally down. Episode eleven, it would I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what didn't do it for me. Like, come on. But but yeah, no, I, I agree with you about the um the farewell party for uh Yuritska the Virgin, that that version of herself. Like that that was a really interesting way to depict internal conflict and it was very funny. Uh and it's funny because it's true, right? I mean it's yeah. it rings really uh really true. And yeah. <laughs> go ahead.
1: The be- the best kind of humor for me uh, and this is again something I'm going to bring up with Old Maidens, which I've been watching. And I by the way, folks, if you haven't watched oh Maidens, but you have seen Given all the way through, this like these two shows complement each other so well mm. in their themes and ideas and sense of humor and even style a little bit. I honestly would recommend that if you liked one of them that you definitely c- catch the other um, but I'll be getting more into that a bit later when I talk about Haruki because he is the he's the man with the you know the meatiest things to talk about in this episode mm. um, and he, particularly his behaviour his responses to what he finds out about Ernie Armour and Matthew so yeah um, speaking of which uh, would now be a good time to talk about Haruki actually comes to think of it yeah let's go for it all right so this is kind of two points here, but they kind of gel together. So Haruki finds out, of course, about Rene, Yama, and Matthew, and Rene, I was like, please let us date him. And he's like, no, you can't do it in public. You you can't. Like, it'll be bad for the band. It all bands, like, are doomed once people hook up. And, well, I mean, I don't know. It, it works out pretty well for the White Stripes. They went from being married to being brother and sister. So, hey, I don't know. I mean, fell in love with a girl. That's is that all you got come on keep going i'm not doing the i'm not doing the rest <laughs> of it that's sacrilege that's a that's a belter of a song i'm not pissing all over it like that you um, got instant, a reaction in, that's um, the only one yes, i can think and, of right off that the, no that is orchid no 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 that's that's a good that's a good thing to pick actually for this episode but yeah haraki's concerns are that the band will um fall apart if there is indeed public dating or indeed just dating in general between Matthew and Ernie Armour. And he's basing this on historic stuff that he's seen with bands in general and, like, the perception thereof. And there's a certain grain of truth to that because as a band, like, especially if you get famous, they essentially become your family. You're always close together in a kind of pressure cooker scenario of having to perform while still being regular human beings. I mean, how many bands can I think of that I've listened to and still do listen to who, even if they are still together these days, have broken up in the past metallica they went for a rough spot for example guns and roses i mean i started taking the i started this podcast series taking the piss off of axel rose and by god <laughs> I'm gonna end it. full circle <laughs> <laughs> you could you could be mine was a great song but then unfortunately he spent 10 years you know jerking off into a fucking microphone to bring chinese democracy out you uh. fuck also the music video for you could be mine spoils the plot of terminator 2 so thanks axel Thanks oh, a really? bunch. Oh, really? That sucks. <laughs> I'll I'll explain that in a long, detailed discussion over time, but I'm not here to wax lyrical about <laughs> my personal favourite movie. Yeah, it really is so near to Anyway, there is, you know, again, like we've said before about the idea of, you know, correlations, like, there is one there between bands failing and, like, how closely knit they are, but it is merely a correlation and not causation. And Haruki here, I think, is actually setting up a plot line that will be relevant in the film, uh, if not the remaining material in the manga, which is Public versus private performance. Like, Ueniyama has now almost kind of come to terms with sexuality, and he and Matthew want to date. But it's not good for the band, apparently, if they do. And how, I mean, this again is me speaking as a CISET man here. That to me seems analogous to the idea, you know, that as a gay person, you can't be publicly affectionate because you are gay, at least as, insofar as like societal expectations, pressures, homophobia and so on. Mm-hmm. Now, this quote from Haruki, by the way, is not because I think he in turn is homophobia. I mean, obviously that's completely the opposite, given what we've seen thus far. But I think that that's what the show is going for with this element here of trying to keep things under wraps between the two of them. Um, because it is a reflection on societal pressure not to have that kind of, you know, pride is the word, the most obvious word for this. In, you know, being gay. Which, obviously, you know, we want to see. Like, I mean, I, as I was watching the rest of this episode, I actually... There's a scene in which Matthew says, it's dangerous, take my hand. And, obviously, when is like, soul, just vacates his body immediately when he sees <laughs> yeah. that. Um, but I wanted to see that happen later on, and hopefully that'll happen in the movie, you know. It's just like a, a gesture of affection, physical affection, even. But I think that ties into that there. But then, yeah. on another level with public versus private performance... Bear in mind that Haruki has been pining after Akiko this entire time, and nothing ultimately comes of it in the show's run at least, uh, but there is more to that that I'll get to in a moment. But think about it. He in turn is doing a public versus private performance, which is his you know, feelings for Akiko being buried away versus what he would really like to be doing. Am I saying he's a hypocrite? Not necessarily, because I don't think it's something he's actively aware of. Or indeed, maybe it could be jealousy that you know his two bandmates now are openly dating, while he is denied that mm. you know romance, that reciprocal love uh, from the person he truly cares about, and so. I think that in turn he himself is having to, you know, play up the idea of here's how I look on stage and in the wider world versus all the times we've had in a monologue swim, him the very private elements that have been specific to him and haven't been let out, and I find that really, really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's going to be a driving force, I think, for as I say, for the conflicts in the show going forward and like how they cope. I mean, after all, Uenigama, as I said previously got it right by taking Matthew aside to kiss him in private rather than on stage because what was required that moment was not to you know put a further like emotional drain on him like to wear him out even more than he already was from after singing that song he recognized maturely that that was the time to you know uh, just take his sign and just be between them two and not in the public eye but going forward they will want to do that they will want to be proud of who they are and the fact that they're dating and they're already facing internal pressures not to do so plus what else will happen then like, you know, externally with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a lot, a lot going on here in these distinctions that you bring up. Um, Mm. The the only thing I would add uh, and not, it's not even like a wholly new element. I think your discussion definitely touched on this, but there is uh, an economic, an unfortunate economic reality uh, to, to all of this, right. That, they are, the boys want this to be their job. I think that they would all like to do this professionally. Mm-hmm. And, oh, so having Ritsuka and Mafuyu publicly dating. Um, so there's the part of it that you touched on that they would in some ways that would diminish their cultural capital and marketability if there were if there was an openly gay couple in this band in a country like Japan, right? Um mm-hmm. but there's also a kind of unique uh to this culture aspect to it, I think. Now, I'm going to analogize here. I'm going to look at Uh, for a moment, the pop idol industry. Oh, good God, yeah. And, like, say that, let's just posit, I mean, no one wants this, but let's just posit that Mafuyu was a lady, or even Ritsuka was, and this was a a heterosexual relationship. Um, I think they would still be forbidden to date, not just because, oh, uh, dating in a band has been historically stressful for a band and causes bands to break up, is because like, I think, and this is again true in idol culture, and I would be not surprised if it was super true in like, you know, pop rock band fandom mm-hmm. over there. Like, if you're dating, then you're not available and you're not you you lose a kind of element of purity, yeah, right, yeah, and right, desirability. Right. And that's even,
1: again, just within the heterosexual framework that you brought up. Imagine if we just brought it back to the actual show's reality. I can totally see, for example, how just to put it out there, let's say, as a prospective event in the show, that Matthew is interviewed by a girl's magazine, and they have a photo shoot of him, just him, and ask him to talk about his life, and like, is there anyone special out there? Now, that question in a magazine of that nature, like, ideally, he'd want to answer truthfully, which is, well, he's the guy who's, like, to my immediate left or right on stage, and I think the world of him. But, again, for the sake of marketability, and maybe this also ties into the fact that they get their promo shots, which is also in this episode, Mm -hmm. like, that, on the one hand, like, he would want to tell the truth, but on the other, for the sake of his band's marketability and the idea of making himself, you know, available in a parasocial sense, um, Mm -hmm. that he would have to say, well... Maybe she's reading this magazine right now. Who can say? Ha ha ha, 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 ha.
0: <laughs> Now that's not <laughs> that's not to say that um I-, I think anyone who follows Japanese culture knows that in sort of context where there are like male groups, be it uh sports, uh, be it pro wrestling, be it music Um, A lot of the marketing definitely plays up uh, homoerotic stuff, the elements among the group, because there are fans that are drawn to that. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to use stuff and I don't want to use elements again. They're, they're drawn to that. um, Coding to that. Yeah. To the coding. Um, But as long as there's cynically some kind of plausible deniability, like oh, they're not really mm. dating, like these are just erotic photo shoots or these are just for the fans. Um, and you know that it's not uh, a confirmed kind of thing, then as long as you have that element of it, you know, again, you're keeping uh, you're, you're pr- you know closing off the loss of marketability that would maybe come with having an openly gay couple. And you see this in uh, a lot of anime and manga series, Um, not necessarily the homoerotic stuff, but I think we've talked about this before that oftentimes relationships that seem to be trending towards um, solidifying never quite do because Mm -hmm it's important for the Dojin market to be able to plausibly build the, the, the ships and illustrate them. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: So they only give us the blueprints to uh, borrow your analogy there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, th- I, you know, maybe some people will disagree with me. I'm, I'm bringing in elements of, uh, f- from other media like, um, doujinshi, yeah. anime, um, uh, idols wrestling, but it it seems to me like a, an analogy that would probably hold, and um, and it's funny like watching this episode. Um, th- these are all thoughts that are occurring to me after watching the episode, though. I don't really feel that kind of cynicism, or I don't feel like that. Um, the mm. weight of any of that. There's not like a sense of foreboding, or like no. ah, like. You're gonna have to like hide your inner self, like because they their affection for each other keeps popping out, and the tone of the show is so sort of joyous that yeah, I I had to think about this stuff after the fact. It didn't yeah. like jump out I, of the screen at me.
1: Yeah, I I won't preclude the possibility that that'll be developed more in later material, such as the film, and I think that Haruki's own um, insistence on that. I think that that might be more along the personal side, maybe a bit of envy. I don't think he's, again, necessarily doing it because he's, you know, how to how to put this, like, he's being mal- malicious. I think it's just what, one of those, like, I mean, emotions are nasty and sticky things even occasionally, you know, so sometimes you will, without even thinking about it, just, you know, say, no, you can't do that, But even but, 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 even though in reality he should be encouraging it. Hmm. But I think there's uh, I think there's a lot of layers to this and I hoped, or at least I'd like, and this will partially cover one of our later patron questions, that that gets explored more because it would, again, also then tie into the greater narrative of being proud of your sexuality. Like, Ueni Arma has now discovered that he is gay, but then the question is, like, what is he going to do with it? And, and that's not as simple as, you know, well, the answer's Matthew, but rather, why do he you gotta to be
0: proud of your sexuality, Shadon. You don't see me walking out the door proclaiming, I'm hat and
1: proud. I'm straight. Look at me.
0: Notice me.
1: Every time I hear that voice, I just imagine you wearing a gigantic 10-gallon hat that's also (laughs) made of nachos. Yes, that's exactly what you should imagine. that's That's the kind of redneck bullshit that that voice brings to mind. Anyway... Uh, So yeah, I found that really fascinating. And I think Haruki in general like, was the... I mean, there isn't really a resolution per se for his own issues and his own affection for Akihiko. But he did have a moment in this episode that I found really, really touching and really relatable. Um, Is now a good time for me to segue into talking about that as my next point? Go for it. I I got a lot of shit to talk about here. So, way back when when we first started watching this, I remember catching a Twitter post in which someone has screenshotted some mouth-breathing nitwit complaining that Gibbon <laughs> was a boys' love show and had too much boy love in it. Which, you know, right. I hope I hope that person similarly, you know, complains that his McDonald's beef burger has too much beef in it. I hope it but was a again, parody. I hope it was just a joke. I, I, I really hope so, but I'm a cynical prick by nature, so uh, I am of the opinion that even if that person was a parody or taking the piss, there's probably someone out there who complains about that. I mean... That'd be like, you know, say if you were a Christian and you decided to go watch Blue Velvet and then were are like, oh my god! There's too mm. much like profanity and weirdness and sex and nudity in this. Like, well, duh. Right. Jesus Christ. Honestly. <laughs> uh, but why am I bringing this particular, you know, possibly genuine, possibly stupid person up? Because I think that this moment for Rookie, like, I can I'll relate to you now my own feelings in the past that I've had and have still had. And how I've said before that romance is for everyone, romance should be for whatever sexuality you are, whatever gender you are, whoever you are on this world, or even I should stress if you don't want it at all, you're not obliged to be involved romantically or sexually with anyone you have a everyone has a normal and a, com, a a zone a comfort zone that they fit in, and that's where they should be and be able to truly live their lives in it and the fiction that we consume should reinforce that now. This, to me, like, is a moment where I could point to it and say, hey, look, I'm a sisic guy and this is of stuff. But it crossed over and I truly felt what he felt, which was the moment he had that smoke break
0: mm-hmm. on the
1: balcony where he said, I've, you know, got an unrequited love, but I'll be happy with that. I'll settle for it. Whether or not he truly does is, is something I'm sure we'll see explored in the film. Now, I don't smoke, but I have had a smoke break like that many times in my life, I will say. How many times I've felt like, you know, the the pain of unrequited love, of knowing that I have a crush on someone or genuine affection for them. And because of my own inability to execute on my feelings and, you know, do anything about it, or because of legitimate, like, you know, inability to, you know, do anything because of distance, money, you name it. um, I felt that too. And so to anyone who wants to argue... That this show, like, you know, well, I can't relate to it because I'm hit and this is boil-up stuff, blah, 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 blah. I have. You can too. I'm not saying that you have to if there is not a relatable experience personal to you in here. But I am saying that I think that this scene for me is just, I think it's worth it because it's the end of the show now. It really touched me. Because I felt that. I've been there. And I... I would like nothing more than for, you know, for, for personally for myself, to find someone. And secondly, for Ruki, to you know, even if he doesn't hook with Akiko, to at least find a peace in his life, you know, to find a contentment, or even find someone else, maybe. So, not so much anything critical or deep analysis here. I just felt like it was important that I point out that I really did feel very strongly about that specific moment. Yeah. Probably should quit smoking, though. It really is bad for you, kids. Don't smoke. <laughs> don't, don't. Especially do don't it. smoke in don't smoke in bed like a Getsu does. By the way. Don't
0: take up vaping now if you're in America because the Trumps are coming oh, for it.
1: <laughs> oh man! Oh, <Get> <laughs> uh, um, but I, I could I could tell you horror stories about people vaping while using oxygen. By the way, that's part of my life. Oh, line. I'll God. elaborate no more. God, one. I
0: that yeah. sounds awful. Why would no yeah. no? Well, why oxygen?
1: Yeah, oxygen. You know, is a catalyst for fire. So of course, you know, yeah. it makes things easy to burn. You decide to vape up and don't do that
0: oh, oh this is ge- general chemistry class should yeah, be required think. for all you'd um, think
1: but then again I, I get the impression that some people who do that are also the people who take the you know no smoking at the gas pump sign as a suggestion rather than a you know an actual <laughs> warning. anyway this is just an aesthetic choice <laughs> yeah it's,
0: it's 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 just part of the draperies really you know so uh, allow allow me to stuff on my soapbox for just a moment about uh relatability because you know it's always someone's first time hearing our podcast so um, I do not believe um, in any way shape or form that characters need be relatable to be good well written or mm-hmm. compelling or interesting like mm-hmm. so I'm thinking of uh, here's a good example there's this survival game that came out um uh five years ago, four years ago now five years ago called um this war of mine and it is uh about like the early 90s siege of Sarajevo and it's made by a Polish game developer uh, about mm-hmm. you know the Bosnian war like not circumstances that I or most people I know can relate to at least like strictly in a strict sense but it's still an incredibly powerful game that evokes empathy. Yeah. Um, so I think if you are worried, and I'll probably say this on our general cast because probably more people that are curious about Given will be listening to that that haven't necessarily watched it. Like if you th- are, feel kind of um, hesitant because you don't feel like you'd relate, I would definitely encourage you still to jump in that... Even, oh yeah even if you don't have that kind of eureka moment like Shadon did um that there's still so much there to empathize with and to be charmed by and get behind that um mm-hmm. you need not be but ha- still in all, um I think that what you say uh it does speak to the power of the writing of the show that you were able to have this kind of strong connection, the very personal sort of connection in this moment. So that's really cool. Yeah.
1: Indeed. And I should note as well that if you have uh, indeed been listening along to our podcast on so given up until this point, I think I've made it very clear that even up until this point where I had that little moment of like, Oh God, I feel so like the overlap is very, very strong. Like even before that point, I hope I've made it clear how much I've enjoyed just how great this show has been on a lot of levels. Um, I think that, well, everything I've said speaks for itself really. Yep. But yeah, I I really felt it right there. Like and like I say, you know, I hope that Haruki finds uh, you know, some peace with that. And mm-hmm. maybe that's in Akiko's arms, maybe it's someone else's, maybe it's no one's in the shows or materials run, but with the open ended possibility of that happening in the future, the open minded nature of, hey, I'll find someone someday. We'll see. We will see. But yeah, I was really, really really taken by that
0: yeah i i enjoyed it uh, thoroughly i mean i i thought yeah i thought that scene was was really well done and yeah i mean he said that since what did he say since he heard mafuyu's song he'd been feeling lonely yeah um
1: i've had that happen with me as well not with songs specifically or even like in me being in the band because like i say you know me singing or playing music i mean i once tried singing you know uh disturbs down with the sickness on rock band yeah and i got to the end of the song but uh <laughs> well i can't go to that particular part of england anymore let's put it that oh. way. <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> but you get my point
0: uh, uh, this um, is a very macrossian kind of point um that you know even if uh like the first SDF Macross is a kind of um, rudimentary or kind of unbelievable to some example of it that like music in particular and all media and pop culture, I think, um, has a lot of power to affect change. And it doesn't even have to be Political change, right? It doesn't have to be like, um, you know, lin Min may singing and then the war ending. Uh, it can be someone whose emotional um, journey connects with you, and it it stirs you in such a deep place that you maybe take action. That you might not have, at least at that point. And I think in that way, like art is both powerful and necessary for people.
1: Indeed, I would agree. Alright, I do have one more talking point, although I think you had the big ones to drop. Do you want to drop that now or save that for after my final point? Okay, I can I'll drop
0: it now because um it's not anything like particularly deep or super analytical, but but I you know, uh, upon reflecting on this episode, I-, I think the the big takeaway that I had from it regarding the main characters was this is what love looks like, I think, in in so many ways. Like, it's not a bunch of fireworks that we see, at least in the external world in uedoyama's brain it's uh it's all happening but it's
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, is defcon 1 in that fucking school i'll tell you that for free it is, it's everyone's a... just running around like you've got guys flying out of windows <laughs> uh yeah it's it's a blender
0: of uh, chaos but but uh but yeah like in the in the world uh and in the interactions we see uh it's all it's kind of quiet it's kind of mundane um can be subdued uh it is two people sharing moments that like might be for some innocuous or insignificant but between these two people it's like they're becoming these rituals of
1: intimacy between Exactly. Them. Um I mean like uh, when I think uh, Matthew messages Haraki with like, he bought me cotton candy. And, you know, like in his own little way, where the arm really, is taking those small steps towards showing affection. And cotton candy, you know, like that's, it's corny I suppose if you want to put it that way. You know, it's the kind of thing that you see in films say in the 50s. You've got two people walking around the fair blah, blah, blah. But, like you say, you know, I, I can poo-poo it all I want by calling it corny or saying like it's passé or whatever, you know, passé. Um, But moments, like, even mundane stuff can truly become, like, really emotionally fraught and meaningful and valuable to people. Like, one moment is not the same as the next between, you know, two individuals. So simply them just going to the festival opportunistically because it happened to be there. Like, hey, why not? Let's, Let's go. Let's live for the moment. Like, we didn't get to see a lot of activities, but that itself, like, you know, was... A moment between the two or even just carrying the box of cds back
0: oh that was my that was my favorite one because mm-hmm. you have you know oenoyama who like realistically he could probably use a hand right carrying the box he, he could probably if it was him and and uh akihiko he'd be like uh okay kaji you fucking carry the box now Um, And Kaji
1: would carry it one handed like it was a
0: pizza box Exactly yes he would twirl it on one Like one finger Um, But He like wanted to Like make this like Small kind of sacrifice He wanted to take care Of Mafuyu uh, Even for just a bit And what I Just enjoyed the most Was That Mafuyu let him, but he it's like he he didn't take it for granted. You know, like he was very perfectly capable of taking the box. And out of politeness, he totally could have been like, no, no, let me, let me share the burden, da da da. But like he saw his partner wanting to nurture him. And by allowing his partner to take the lead, like that was his own way of nurturing back and supporting him. Right back, and it was this beautiful reciprocal moment where, like, I gosh, it, it really just felt like two people like really fucking understood each other in that moment, which is so beautiful. I especially,
1: I especially love the comment from Matthew's like, Do you always sing you a fight song." Oh, yeah! <laughs> I'm happy, and naturally. Naturally, the first song uh, that popped into my because it continues my head headcanon of Matthew being a secret death metal singer is, of course, Marilyn Manson's song of the same name. I don't know <laughs> fight song by Marilyn Manson. Well, you've got homework, <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> or, you know, any, anything anything, like that. Hell. Um, yeah, no, I, I am with you on that 100%. Indeed, I, this leads nicely, as it turns out, to the make, which is we get to see the continuing role reversal in where the armor and Matthew's relationship where the latter has now recovered some semblance of their former self and is actively quipping like in making jokes yes. and comments like, it's dangerous to go alone. Please take, not this Gru. I mean, so you'll be somebody's Gru, but take my hand. Oh, i butchered that Zork reference and that just shows how old I am anyway. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, so yeah, that was that was great. And then of course, like where he's mocking uh, Hiragi, like, you know, for him being a vocalist. And he's a... <laughs> the face, the best face. <laughs> he's just about to start pissing himself (laughs) with laughter Um, but yeah like it really does show the change in which from where we started to where we ended because it was the other way around like Yueniyan was the one always pushing Matthew to do stuff and he was always very like ditzy I suppose is a way of describing it, not quite with it and certainly there were reasons for that Um, or indeed as has been noted to us by I think it was it okay, I can't remember, I apologise if it's not them uh, so one, one of our patrons, one of our viewers, mentioned that he was also uh, coded um, as autistic. Possible that was Dana. Uh, Dana, there we go. I feel bad for not remembering that, but not anyway. bo- not boss Dana, but other Dana. Nah, she's the boss of us anyway. She's a <laughs> she's a patron. So there you go. Yo. Um, but yeah, like or even that, like there were the, whatever the reason was. Uh, he certainly was, you know, very introvert. And now we're in the armor, he's fighting to keep his feelings and his behaviors. Locks up for lack of a better word, despite having the going away party in his head, and it's Matthew's now reaching out and like you know, letting acting the most normal out of any of them. I would argue, with the exception of possibly Akihiko, who's just cold as ice. Um, I mean, like when they get to the house, for example, like that's the second mm-hmm. time they've been to Matthew's house, um, and. Matthew just treats all of it like it's the most normal thing in the world, but of course he comments, "Oh yeah, my mom's at home," and I we didn't, of course, see it, but you can just see the gears grinding in Ernie Armour's head as he follows the implications of that all the way to the end. Just, mm. just run that through your head a little bit. Mm. I mean, that's where the doujins mm. start, right? Especially the r eight, the Rated eighteen ones. Yes. <laughs> they... Please
0: click here to agree that you are over eighteen.
1: there's a lot of profanity in our podcast in case you couldn't tell amongst other things (laughs) um but yeah like i really appreciate that shift and how like they you've they've literally gone from i'm helping you to now the vice versa and now like i've helped teach you music and how to express yourself and i'm going to teach you in turn how to express yourself in your own way they're being it's very mutual and very reciprocal it's really great they are really a good pair so good,
0: so good. Which is why I am mm. afraid.
1: <laughs> uh, well, anime, anime taught one. me to
0: fear. To do not be complacent, but fear for your OTP and oh my god, their their happiness. Well, and speaking of fear, in the fucking beginning of this episode, I was so worried. I was so worried that upon, you know, seeing that discussion that. Haruki and Akihiko had and how Uenoyama chimed in with his agreement that band members shouldn't date. I was like, oh shit, here we go. Like, here's the sort of um, fucking uh, reason uh that, that they will be kept apart and that he'll mm-hmm. say, oh no, sorry, I don't like you. Really, I do, but I can't say because it would jeopardize everything that you want and we work for, but like, thank Christ, thank Christ that they just were like. Well, Ueno Yama in particular was like, you know, what, you know what? Like, I don't, I, I don't care. I mean, I care, but like, all that sort of other stuff is secondary to how I feel about you. And we're gonna like fight to make this work. Too right.
1: Okay, uh, do you have any other talking points? stock?
0: I mean, no talking points. There's there's little bits and bobs
1: I could mention. Violin time. That I the most unimaginative <laughs> named album ever from <laughs> fucking <and Getsu." laughs> the, the, the you know the, the difficult second sequel to you know uh, cello time. <laughs> God damn it, man! You can do better than Come that. Come on. Also, a nice shout out to what I think was a, a Muse album cover. It totally I was. Want it- it totally yeah. was. It was. I their... don't remember the name of the album, but I definitely recommend uh, recognize the art. Was it there? It was not there. I think is it called like a p- apocalypse, something.
0: I'm gonna Google this.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure that you know it. it will... I was gonna say, so someone could chime in from home, but Doc's already oh, on the case. Abs- abs- absolution. Music. It's the 2003 the
0: Absolution. One. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the one. Man.
1: Um. Yeah. Violent time. Uh.
0: Yikes. Including <clears throat> in, including the sort of, uh, well, I don't know if it was controversial, but the interesting thought, or, or sorry, interesting song, Thoughts of a Dying Atheist. is on that Muse Absolution Yikes. album. And uh, Damn. it is interesting uh, that it's very revealing, I think, in mm. a lot of ways, but it's an interesting song. It'll probably be infuriating mm. for a lot of people, though. <laughs> You know, because it's very much like, Mm. I done fucked up. (laughs) You know, that kind of shit.
1: (laughs) God damn it, if only I let Jesus in my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, well, um, that concludes our thoughts for the moment on episode 11. Um, As I say, we'll be back next week to uh, discuss um, with Ants, like, our overall thoughts. But now we're going to move into Patreon questions. Uh, So... The first one comes from GoGo Atomic Robot and goes like this. A uh, question about given. as the story is ongoing, how would you like its ultimately end? Oh. Ooh, now that's a question. That is a question. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? We, let's go back to her, what we've seen in this episode as a starting point here. Let's talk about Haruki's concerns about the band splitting up because of the relationship stuff. Here's the thing, right? a band is a social construct and it also brings with it a lot of like if you if you're successful it brings with it immense like material benefit wealth privilege you name it but to me that all should be secondary to just being happy and being fulfilled and even if, if with a partner like in that case so if the story ultimately came down to pick and choose your happiness with matthew this being Uwaniama's perspective versus the band's integrity and in keeping it all together i would hope that it would end with him choosing matthew now that said i'm not saying then that ends with them never speaking to akiko or Ruki again ever again let it end amicably if that happens or ultimately let it all end well let them go let them go on a world tour. let go platinum let them be open with who they are on stage and off all of them uh I don't want to say that I want to see necessarily see Haruki Hook up with Akiko because I'm, I'm not saying that as like, you know, as in I don't like the two or I don't think they would be a good couple together. But rather, um, I think that there's also a case to be made from a writer's perspective that, you know, it's not always necessarily going to work out that you will get the person or, you know, be reciprocated on your feelings from the person you have But that doesn't ultimately mean that your relationship with them, your friendship. Uh, with them should then ultimately fall to crap. I mean, I'll attest I've had that happen before when I've confessed feelings to women I've been interested in. It's just gone to shit as a result. Uh, Which, that's my fault, by the way. I'm not going to judge anyone for that. So, I think all in all, there's a lot of possibilities, but if you want the ultimate, like, you know, best-ending visual novel answer, (laughs) triple platinum. (laughs) So, I guess... um,
0: How I would want it to end. I, I feel like... I'm gonna diver I mean obviously I would love for everything to work out for everyone and everything to be completely rosy. But just for the sake of being different uh, from your answer, I'm gonna diverge a little bit and say that that there had to be some kind of choice, as you say, between um, the band and like keeping, close to you, like loved ones, and keeping those relationships intact. And Mm -hmm. that as a band, they have the kind of beginnings of success where they are a hot up-and-coming act, and it is the onrush of the sort of new and nascent fame that begins to drive them apart. And ultimately the two couples end up choosing each other rather than music. But then I want the, I want the way that it ends to be like that. Some young junior high boy finds whose sexuality is just kind of beginning to flower and, and bud and he's learning that he's gay, and then he finds this this album by this group, Given, and he hears uh, Mafuyu's song.
1: Uh, yes, and it
0: fucking speaks to him, and he's able to like lean upon that and and be inspired by, and kind of have that be formative and, and supporting to him in his kind of tumultuous time. That's how I want it to end.
1: That's incredible. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've said before, like about how this show, like I feel, is really important at the time that we live in now, and for, in the world we live in, for people who are LGBTQ plus, to, to show them, like, like I've said in length, and I won't bore Seth with repeating it here, about like when Arm's own journey. Um, so in so you know with the show, I mean, shows can and fiction can pat itself a little bit on the back by just having that happen as well. I would totally be okay with that. I I think that'd be fantastic. I mean, after all, you know, it did start with them being seasons and cyclical, so why not have a new cycle start of inspiration and, you know, uh, validation and acknowledgement? Mm -hmm. It could be very meta as well, like a sort of statement of purpose. Like, this is what we hope the
0: show is doing.
1: Mm. You know what's ironic, by the way? Just to quickly segue back to the point you made before about, like, idol culture and, like, you know, the need for... um, plausible believability uh, a parasocial relationship potential mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like for all that you know you can make like haruki makes the argument that we need to keep this club to cover you know for the sake of the band given the show on a meta level is really popular because mm-hmm. of exactly what it's about yep which i which is incredible yep. when you think about it. which like that. i feel like i yes
0: i'm i'm so glad you brought this up because i actually meant to and kind of got lost in the weeds when I was talking, but yeah, I hope I, I hope that that is their intention to show to show that bullshit for what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> to like to to leave it open, and bare, and be like, look, this way of thinking about artists is stupid because look how people love
1: this thing you know exactly exactly um all right so that's i believe uh go go tonic robots question answers so we're going to move on to the next one this comes from navy cherub or cherub i you 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 have listened to me at this point you know i can't pronounce anything for shit uh this one goes like this and this is kind of a similar question but much more difficult theoretically if you had to rewrite given so it ended on episode 11 and there was no more what would you change Man, uh, uh. <laughs> is he, is, <laughs> so do we? Do this is this is this is the trolley. This is not even tro- this is Sophie's choice. Is all over, isn't it? Like, holy shit! So, um, so are we supposed to keep all of the plot? Like, are we
0: supposed to keep everything from eleven, or do we I'm, rewrite eleven?
1: I I think that um. I think that maybe Ishiro's question is like in the grand scope of the whole show what would you change to have it conclude on episode 11 because there's no more because the thing about this episode is that it leaves a lot of plot threads open like you know with Haruki and Akiko and we haven't even really gone to the meat of like uh, Matthew and Eniyama's relationship we haven't seen it become like open or overt like I mean his family has now disappeared into the ether. We've never seen Matthew's mom, by the way, despite being <laughs> mentioned, like, she's not home. <laughs> I don't believe she exists. I really don't. Unless it's the dog, perhaps. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Mama Tama. Uh, so I think that the, I'll take the question to mean what would you change about the show overall and the story we've seen thus far to make it conclude satisfyingly uh, on episode 11, as opposed to what we have now, which is Rending with open-ended like plot threads with the promise that they will hopefully be answered in the movie. Right. uh, This is the point where I have to be cruel to be kind, I suppose. Mm. What I would do is I would firstly eject all of the Hiragi and Yuki's friends from the show entirely. I think that like if we're talking of trimming stuff down to the bone they can go that doesn't mean they don't serve the purpose as is but as i've mentioned previously i have some issues with Hiragi's use in the show particularly with his you know like i demand, i would like forgiveness coming to us Boy. the audience i'm like yeah yeah so i think that if we cut that down and just had say yuki simply be a solo artist rather than being in a band that would make for a time saving what i would then do is I would probably try and compress the show's events a bit further backwards in time, so that, let's say, Matthew's song happens in, say, episode 6. And then what I would then have is I would then try and get some relationship development and even relationship conflicts in with Ueniyama and Matthew. And you remember how in the show that they did in this hypothetical episode 6, in reality episode 8, where they kissed in private, because that was the right thing to do at the time that was the mature and sensible thing to do that was good and healthy for the both of them that was actually number nine if you can believe it number nine yeah incredible isn't it Mm -hmm. um i would have a repeat of that and the closing episode of 11 of this hypothetical rewrite be another gig like say a larger gig but i would have them kiss openly on stage as the closing moment nice one I think that that would serve as a nice bookend to how they've grown from that point where that was right then, but this is right now we've evolved and grown as people and as a couple, and we're proud of who we are and we're willing to show it to as many people as we can'll we'll, we will perform in public both musically and romantically
0: mm. uh that would be superb um i I would like that uh so, again, to avoid just saying, I'll take Shadon's answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For how many dollars? A <laughs> hundred? Yeah, give me give me door number Shadon, please. Um, <laughs> oh, what would I do? So, I guess I would... I don't think I would jettison Yuki's friends, just because um, I think that there's a way you could make the talk with Hiragi and Mafuyu kind of more streamlined and make make him make that conversation still an important step for Mafuyu
1: without extricating it but hmm. I, I suppose oh, uh, as an aside in my hypothetical uh, rewrite I also just said Kasai and <laughs> the rumors <laughs> um you can, you can have that, as I've said before, and I won't belabor the point again, you can have the functions they serve be done um, yeah. by other things. Yeah. Uh, although, as I mentioned elsewhere as well, like there is definitely room for both of them to be expanded into to be more relevant to the plot as allies or enemies, uh, which I feel is an important part of the wider culture we now live in um, that the show doesn't talk about. But I say that in a sense of, it's not the case that, oh, it talks about it, it does a crap job of it, but rather it's not trying to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it can't expand into that territory, which I think would be quite useful. But that's a different point for a different time, which I'm sure we'll discuss with Ant- uh, Anthony next week. Anyway, carry on. Uh,
0: I would somehow combine those two characters. Um, just Kasai and, uh, and uh, Yayoi? Yeah. Because, and, and because I have a bias for cute women in my anime... Mm. <laughs> uh, I would like to keep Cute women who don't change their clothes after know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would like to keep them. Uh at least Yayoi. Yeah, anyway. So i will combine the two roles. But I think the biggest thing I would do is I would either not introduce this idea of more gigs. Um and I or just have them turn it down. I, I and this is weird to talk about because I know it, Mafuyu wanting to sing more feels really important. Um, yes, but I feel like that there are ways that he could still do that and also ways other than singing in this band in public that he can continue to. Uh, kind of channel his creative energies and and make art, mm. but I, I guess I would just have uh, make it so that like, well, you know, the seasons never took off, but you know, we always had this one moment, this like incredible time where everything came together and our feelings. We were all crystallized in front of us for the first time, and it was like this transcendent moment where we felt like we knew where we were going. And from then on, like it changed the trajectory of our lives. Mafuyu and Ueno-yama got together. Um, uh, Haruki understood his feelings for Akihiko. Ugetsu gets hit by a truck, and then <laughs> and then <laughs> later Saga style, and then later uh, Akihiko, who is grieving you know comes into the arms of Haruki who you know is there to support him and they grow romantically together.
1: I, I would be careful about uh, wanting death on who gets so if only just not to perpetuate that same trope we've complained oh, about. Oh shit, that's true. Okay, you're fucking right.
0: Um I just it's it's not because he's gay cuz it's just because I don't like him. But you're you're totally right. So I guess what I would have him do is uh become super famous and have to move
1: to the United States. Well, that could tie into what you said before about the band versus the person in the, like Ugetsu could be given the the opportunity to go on a world tour, but I would lean leaving Akiko behind. And he chooses the fucking money. Yeah. There you go. There you go. (laughs) It all ties together in this nice, neat little fan fiction bow that we'll never write. Indeed. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, thank you for that question. So this next one comes from sunshine Rose. Uh, with the first arc over, would you consider reading the same arc in the manga for comparison? Yes. Uh, I don't know if I actually will because my time is very limited um, but the only manga of any show that I've ever watched that I've purchased since then has been Land of the Lustrous, uh, which by the way is phenomenal. Uh, it's one of my favourite shows ever made. Just, just saying. Uh, given, occupies that space in my head where if I had more hours in the day, I would absolutely pick it up. Did you not Um, um, purchase Orange? No, I didn't. Okay. Um. Uh, But Yeah, I definitely would consider giving it a read, but whether or not I ultimately will get round to it or have the time to do so, I can't say. Maybe as a possibility for when we cover the movie, just as something else to talk about alongside the movie itself in 2020. Watch the space, folks. Yeah, by then,
0: the volumes will have begun releasing. You know, it has been picked up now for an official... English release which I'm very happy about and I'll I will I will probably get a hold of them I mean it's it's a nice uh, space of time you know we've got uh, maybe a year maybe a little more or less uh, before the movie and it's enough times where I'll probably forget some of the finer points and and my own points of analysis about the show and so that's like a perfect time for a reread for me is like months later when I've been consuming a bunch of other media and it's been forced out of my head and I've forgotten stuff and then, Oh, I can just, I can read it now and, uh, and compare. So yeah, I, I definitely want to, um, you know, with, with all of our current projects we're working on, as you say, time is definitely limited, but, um, I have been making time to read more manga, uh, not as much lately, but um, a few weeks ago, I was on a nice little. I was in a good spot where I was reading, you know, hmm. uh, Witch Hat Atelier and A Bride Story, and despite like not really making any content on them, so I think I can try to carve out a space for given. Um, get you know, assuming assuming my life is basically what it is now when they come out, which is never. Never a safe assumption. <laughs> but I would like to. Mm. I would like to.
1: Mm, definitely. All right. Uh, thank you for that question, Sunshine Rose. We've got another one from you that we'll be coming to in a moment. We're just doing these in order. Uh, this one comes from Mirror on the Wall. Um, and this one's a great question. And I have, I think, possibly the perfect answer for it. I like the you know, 10 out of 10 S-rank answer for it. But the question goes thusly. If there had been a second season, what songs would you avoid them to use for episode titles? And I'm gonna go right in balls deep on this one. The <laughs> finale of season two should have been "Under Pressure," as in the David Bowie and Queen song. Okay, because that song is incredible, and well, the the chorus for it is basically you know, can we give ourselves one more chance? Can we give love one more chance? Which really, to me, feels like what Given is about, or at least in terms of Matthew's arc. You know, can I give it another chance? And it's produced by, you know, two of the greatest uh, rock artists ever, like David Bowie, who I don't need to say anything about because he speaks for himself. Like, you know, David Bowie, that's the comment. The fuck more do you want? Mm. And, of course, you've got uh, Queen and Freddie Mercury, who um, he himself was gay and tragically passed away um, during the AIDS crisis, uh, which, by the way, is a reason I never watched that uh Queen film that came out recently, I can't remember what the name of it was because apparently they skimmed over that. Mm. Great, right. that's like that's that's like saying you know that Courtney Love had only a minor involvement in Kurt Cobain's life. Dumbasses. Ah. Um, but and of course Bowie himself was bisexual and uh, he produced some of the most vibrant music ever made. So yeah, I think uh, Under Pressure would be one of the titles I would use for the closure of that. Um, the other ones. The problem is, is that I've, I've listened to a lot of indie music over the time, but, over the time, but I can't recall, like, I have to fit, try and put in the mindset of, like, you know, what songs, like, from that period, like, are we going to get more Killers in, for example? Uh, Somebody Told Me, for example. <laughs> that that would probably be one of them, I would say. it's Mafia the boyfriend your... that looked like a girlfriend? Depends on how much, you know, uh, Vaseline you've got smeared on your monitor by accident. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've given my S rack answer. What about you, Doc? I mean,
0: I'm a really bad person to ask this because I, I feel like you're.
1: I thought you, I thought that's you gonna because you were going to say them because you're going to suggest through the fire and the flames by Dragon Force. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> never, never would I. Um, oh. it's
0: just all. Let's Sorry. go all dragon. Let's just do Dragon Force. Imagine dragons you know there's some other there's some other dragon band names i'm sure dragon yeah yeah we can we can make a whole we can make a no uh so i'm really like i feel like they have to be lumped together in the same sort of time period and yes the only time like i mean i i suppose i could go shitty new metal from the late 90s early 2000s but nobody wants that that doesn't fit the show but neither does, like, the American indie rock, like, of the early to mid-aughts, which I, I mean, oh, uh, you know, oh, oh, you'd be like, uh, the shins. I mentioned it
1: before. I mentioned it before. Uh, Hotel Yorba by the White Stripes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That would be a good style, I reckon. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> I can tell that we're going to be friends by the White Stripes. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of that stuff is so is too subdued. Um, why, not white. Last Night by the Strokes. Um, there, there's a lot of good. You, you could, you could mine that sort of garage revival scene for some good, for some, some good bangers. Uh, that would mm-hmm. make sense for the kind of music that these kids play. Cause, like, I don't really see them, like, like it'd be cool to like be like, oh, this is a broken social scene reference, or like, oh, look, they're, you know, this is a phoenix song title, but like, it doesn't really. Represent them and what they're playing as much as like those like 90s Brit Rock records were reflective of what kind of what they were about musically in this season so my answer is pretty crap I mean because cause that's, that's their style I mean it would be weird if they were like you know episode one smells like teen spirit because like oh god <laughs>
1: Cause that's just I can't not uh, them. I, <laughs> I know that I am now just imagining a really depressing episode called Heart Shape Box. Oh, oh no! Aww. Although if they really wanted to be miserable, they could quote a Smith song, but let's not do that. <laughs> yep. I mean, I like I like this I like the Smiths, but I think Morrissey is a fucking prick. So anyway, My for you, uh, you is really
0: nothing. Uh, that's all I have to say. I like the Smiths. Uh, but uh, yeah, I agree with you more. Fr-
1: frank- frankly, Mr. Subsy, I... I, I <laughs> uh, fuck it, whatever. whatever. Uh, I should know, like... A bit, I've I've listened to Smiths, so I've been to, like, Smiths Club Nights many times in my life. How the hell do I not know the lyrics more by now? Anyway, uh, thank you very much for that question, Mira. Um, we will open that, by the way, to our audience. If you in turn, like, think there will be some great song titles that we've not thought or just songs in general. I mean, I'm always up for putting more stuff on my playlist. Shout us out on uh, Twitter at Wari Desho or in our Discord or elsewhere with suggestions for what you think the song title would be for a hypothetical season 2. I'd be really interested to hear that. And finally, uh, this is our second question from Sunshine Rose. How did reviewing this genre of anime impact you? Now. The genre itself is boil of, and that could in theory mean we should also cover things like uh, Banana Fish, or I could, for example, talk about Yuri, or you and I could talk about Yuri on Ice. I'll keep this specific to given, just so that way we keep it in, in scope. And I'm going to repeat, or rather expand a little bit on what I've said previously, which is that I really, really fucking despise the intent. Behind a lot of anime that is produced for people like me who are cis hair. For my particular demographic. It's fucking pig slurry half the time in my opinion. And I say that with all the, ve- all the venom it means. Like, I flip-flop back and forth on fan service over the years. But the problem is, like, fan service be damned. There's very little intent half the time on creating a relationship between the lead male and the lead female protagonist in such shows that isn't based on either the protagonist being a complete dimwit or being a complete prick or a combination thereof it's not about them growing as people or maturing it's about oh you've always been awesome we'll blow smoke up (laughs) your ass you've always been awesome (laughs) yeah you've always been awesome but you just don't see it and hey look right as someone who has suffered with self-pity and you know self-image issues and all that kind of shit like i'm not going to pretend that that's something that people don't feel and that you know you haven't ever contributed like that you know oh no you've never been awesome like you you've, people have done stuff but these are usually in the service of protagonists who have never done anything good I mean the two shows that I've covered on the podcast that aren't, that isn't a Gretzko one of them features a guy who's a slave owner and the other <laughs> one is a guy who sexually assaults people for comedy and these are the shows intended for my demographic how about you take the twins here as in my two middle fingers and fuck right <laughs> off with that <laughs> shit oh. I, I Despise that kind of stuff. I hate it because it's not about being, it's not even really about human behavior, to be honest, or how people genuinely interact. Although I'm sure that some people would disagree and say there are plenty of people who would do what fucking now Fumi did in Shield Hero, dickheads. Anyway, <clears throat> so here's the thing, right? I'm not going to pretend that that kind of stuff doesn't exist in Plus works or Boil of Works. I'm not that naive. I'm certainly not. Well, travelled enough in those circles to even make a reasonable judgement on that but I will state again very happily that I was so happy to cover this show and to see it unfold because it treated me as an audience member with respect it didn't treat me as an idiot it didn't talk to me through my fucking hormones or through fan service or by making its lead, lead characters shitty and terrible and saying by comparison that I'm well not me personally but we the audience are simply shitty and terrible and that's, again, this is, goes back to what I said before about how I really enjoyed the show, even though it's not meant for my demographic. It treated me with respect. It didn't insult my intelligence, nor who I am as a person, simply by virtue of being cis and that therefore I must be treated as the lowest common denominator. And I wish to God that we got more shows like that, that were about het romance that were treated with the same level of maturity as given as treated its homosexual relationships. Um so yeah, like reviewing this show it's maybe a little sad in a sense, because it's just made me realise, you know, in a kind of outside looking in way, like what I am missing out on in terms of like mature content. And again, I must stress, I'm not all that well travelled in anime circles. I'm sure there are shows out there that do handle het relationships with this kind of, you know, sophistication. Um But I mean, well, <laughs> Say, most popular anime of the year. Everyone loves the fucking slave owner. Whoop-dee-fuck-a-dee-doo. Don't you like (laughs) the slave owner? Don't you think he's great? Don't you think it's great how he's always right? Piss the fuck off with that shit. It's it's a bad year. It's a bad year for romances. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be told that I should be worse by shows. I want to be told I should be better. And that's what Given does it tells us, hey, you, you know, we've all made mistakes, we've done things we regret, we're dealing with trauma and pain in our past, or even as we learn new things about ourselves and feelings that we didn't have before, but we now have to process and deal with in the here and now, it's telling me, hey, you know what, it's not going to be easy getting through those things, but it'll be all the better for it, as opposed to, ah, it's fine, you know, you can act like a complete swat, and people will still want to bone you, it's great. Hmm... I got very angry then. I apologize. That was like angry and coming out. That's okay. Work work through a bit there. I mean, little little foaming at the mouth a little bit. That's okay.
0: Uh, I, if I had to watch that show, I'm sure I would be upset by it as well. Um, well, sunshine moon. No, I'm sorry. Sunshine rose. I do that all the time. Sunshine rose. Um, I think the way that it has impacted me. Um, I, I think. Maybe what the question is getting at is like what was it like for you um as like straight people to to see this and like you were saying, right that we have taken a look at banana fish before we loved it, we loved Jerry on ice. this was definitely um less um uh, how do I say um uh it was it was smaller in m- scope. Well, yeah. Well, and definitely that. But I guess I mean it was more like, you know, what these dudes be gay? They be they be fucking. Uh, you know what I mean? More more so than <laughs> like, here's some plausible deniability for you. Like, it's only platonic, or like they just are buddies. You know that kind of bullshit. Um, I, I guess the show like, in terms of that, um in terms of, like, here is this incredibly well-done, nuanced and thoughtful gay romance show. Um, Like, uh, not to sound uh, like a a jerk or whatever, but, like, it wasn't anything... That wasn't anything super new. That's
1: my job. Super new. That's my job to be a (laughs) jerk.
0: It wasn't anything, like, new or, like, revelatory in in that sense. I I think how the show impacted me was just... um, Just, it was so warm and it was apart from one week, right? One out of the 11 weeks with episode eight, the rest of the time, it really was an uplifting experience. It was refreshing to me, restorative. It was, uh, was a bright spot in my week. Um, getting to talk to you about it was always fun and Hmm, experience. Likewise. See my friend, Yeah, of course. Um, talking to me, (laughs) um, But no, like, uh, it was always just lovely. And in that sense, it had a real positive impact on me. And I would like to think that the fact that it's affecting other people this way and that sort of, uh, the fandom for the show is growing, um, that studios and production committees will see the response to this and will be like, you know what? We can uh, do more of this. Um, And we don't have to code so much. We don't have to um, have plausible deniability. Um, We can have
1: pride in it.
0: Yeah, like we can... Be Like we can show these kinds of different kinds of people uh, and tell their stories, be they romantic or otherwise. Like we can show the journeys of LGBTQ plus people and like not have to sort of make that element subtext or hide it, or as you say, like kind of be pseudo-embarrassed by it or like we just have this there for the Fujoshi. It's not really important. Um, <laughs> so I, I hope that happens and uh, and yeah. I mean this this was uh, it's just, this show was just such a warm blanket and yes, I truly yes. I, I will miss it. I mean I I miss uh oh, gosh all these shows we've been doing lately. Um, we we have we have covered. I think some really great anime, and people have helped us choose fantastic anime. Yes, to cover yes, indeed. And I, I will miss this one. I'm, I'm so happy we are getting that movie.
1: I know, and the mango, I...
0: so we can see like the if say if the movie doesn't cover everything, we could still read
1: the rest of the story. That's fantastic. Damn right. Um so yeah thank you very much for that question sunshine rose that concludes all of our patron questions if you yourself uh, are listening at home for the next show that we'll be covering uh, would like in turn to ask us questions as we go through our patron only uh, coverage uh, why not consider subscribing for uh, i believe is it the three dollar tier or the five dollar that allows for um questions i can never remember that's uh, three i really should know this. <laughs> it's th- three I should, and i no. should have to. I, I should have this on a gigantic whiteboard behind <laughs> my computer monitor just so i don't forget but yeah uh, do please, feel free to consider for subscribing for as little as three dollars a month and you get all sorts of cool content you get to join us on discord get to chat with us in person get to you know um if you could go for the five dollars tier, you can actually request us to cover specific shows or movies tons of stuff do definitely check it out we're at patreon.com forward slash Warri desho yeah boy and with that and girl with and other indeed <laughs> another yeah With that, then I think that brings us to the end of our coverage of this particular episode, but not quite the end for Given. We do have the encore episode coming next week with Anthony. Uh, We'll be giving our wider thoughts on the show as a whole, then, and looking back on it, and also talking Anthony about his feelings on it as well. I will
0: say, just oh, sorry. Oh, I was (laughs) was just going to say, as patron to Lulabelle noted, this is not the give end. There is (laughs) more.
1: It's true, it's true. Um, but I will say on the outset here, before we go, um, thank you to those who requested that we cover this show. It ultimately did lose out to Inland Saga, but I'm so happy in turn that myself and Doc had the good sense to still cover it as a second, um, second stream. Mm-hmm. Ha mm-hmm. ha! It all fits. It all works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's truly been a pleasure to cover this, and I'm very grateful and humbled by the faith that people have put in us. As ciset men to cover l 2 Plus material. Now, as I've said before, I, that's not to say that we shouldn't, or at least rather, ciset men shouldn't cover this material. But, I mean. Well, some well, of them, again, some of them shouldn't.
0: Some of fair. them
1: certainly shouldn't. Fucking, <laughs> some of them shouldn't be able to touch a keyboard. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, like, I'm very happy that people have that faith in us. And we're not perfect. Uh, we're still learning um, as critics and as people. And. That's why I always, again, will ask that if you have any feedback on um, our coverage or any thoughts, if it's just say, hey, yeah, you know what, like, I agree or, you know, I don't agree and here's why. Like, I'm very curious to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as it's all in good faith and constructive, like, I'm more than happy to, you know, be educated so I can grow and mature both as a person and as a critic. And I'm sure that the same goes for Doc as well. But yeah, um, thank you everyone so much for giving us um, the opportunity to cover this and having the faith in us to give it justice. And I hope we've certainly done that. But it's not the end. You know, stay tuned. We're going to walk off stage, you know, pretend we're having a smoke <laughs> break for five minutes and come back on afterwards because everyone's chancing for it. Like the one guy in the back with the zippo lighter, as I've said before. <laughs> we will return next week for the for the finale forgiven with Anthony. But I've been Shaden. Um, Doc, you've been Doc, I believe. Unless you've not been Doc, in which case you've been lying to me all this time. Uh, let me just check. Uh, yep, can confirm. I'm Doc oh thank god for that i thought you were like some sort of like you know shapeshifter or something no no no
0: that's far too cool a superpower for someone like myself to have Shanon, you know
1: that i'm still doubting though still down i'm on to you i'm on to you but yeah uh from myself and doc thank you everyone very much for listening um Do feel free to like and subscribe on wherever you may find us, be it YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Always helps our discoverability. Do feel free to check our Patreon as well, as I've mentioned before. But until next time, as always, everyone, embrace each other to the ends of the universe, and a very good night. Good night.